Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Drawing About the G-Men. It's a new season, and we are here. I'm Jace Garcia, joined with Joe Aguirre and Sean Scanlon. We are live on Facebook and YouTube. Let's get down to business, boys. Let's start off with some big roster news. Uh, Nate Solder, Sam Beal, Damari Scott opt out of the season due to the pandemic. And I think we got to start this off. How do you see the pandemic? How do you see coronavirus affecting this season? Oh, well, yeah, I think it's obviously going to have to play a huge part. Um, uh, if a player tests positive uh, during the week, you know, they're going to be have to pull up practice squad players. Um, as of right now, they've done thousands of tests and only one player has tested positive. So, Hopefully it, it stays that way, but um, I expect once they start playing games, you know, start making contact with each other, I think the cases will start to rise. Um, you know, not tremendously, but I think they, they will start to happen. So I think it's a smart move for some of the guys. Um, obviously, Nate Solder, um, he's a cancer survivor, and uh, I think his daughter, you know, is going through cancer right now. So it makes 100% sense for that. Um, I, I completely agree with his uh, decision, but it, it's definitely going to be a weird year. You're going to see – some uh, positive tests throughout the week, and uh, you're going to see some players uh, being pulled up from the practice squad. But hopefully I can, you know, obviously they're going to start the season tomorrow. I just hope they can, uh, you know, finish it through and, you know, have a good uh, football season ahead of us. Yeah, look, you know, I saw a doctor uh, who advised uh, the, the Power Five conferences that, it's impossible to play football this year. So it'll be interesting to see. I agree with Sean. I think it's going to kind of play out where I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see some, some guys, I, you know, if they do it right, they can avoid outbreaks. Baseball's done a nice job since all the stuff they dealt with earlier. You've seen what, what you know, the NBA has done uh, and the NHL run the bubble uh, you know I, I think football is gonna be a little bit harder you got a lot more guys on the team a lot more staff, your traveling party so i am concerned but you know what? look here we are I, I didn't think we would be where we're at now you know just a couple days away from seeing some nfl football so i think you just hope for the best and and you know it, it's going to be incumbent on these guys you know and, and i've seen even just in some of the baseball locker room where guys are like you don't want to be that guy that gets your entire team infected so i think these guys are going to take the proper protocols i wouldn't be shocked to see guys uh you know playing in in some sort of mask with a with a face covering of some sort i certainly would um could see some really mm-hmm. cool stuff in the NFL as a result. So we'll see what happens, but I'm just excited that we're here. And you know what, if they play eight games and shut it down, I'll be happy to see some football. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you watch hard knocks, you know, training camp is kind of a, a bubble in and of itself. They put, they basically rent out a whole hotel room, uh, move to the training facility that that's close to the training facility. And so, so they are kind of like bubbled off like the NBA is doing. So what what's really going to uh, show what happens is going to be when the season starts and all the traveling. And once you start getting into a uh, role, role with things. Now, part of me, when the announcements first came out that there was like no tests, the no positive tests that, that made sense. But when they mentioned a bunch of false positives, that kind of makes me scratch my head. Like maybe is, I, I know maybe I'm being too skeptical of the NFL, 
or maybe like it just makes so much money and you want to show there it, that it's safe and that you want to play the season because of how much money it's going to make. So I don't know if that's driving the factor and we might be getting lied to. I, I, I'm, that's just a tinfoil hat thing, but I, I don't know. So more, more roster news. Uh, we got some notable cuts. Uh, Corey Coleman, Ryan Conley, Grant Haley, John Halapio, uh, Austin Mack, DeAndre Baker, obviously after all the uh, mess that he's gone through, as well as we got other guys not playing this season with uh, McKinney and Mayo both getting put on the IR, but it looks like they might come back mid to early in the season. So, what do you guys think of all these cuts, these whole new, basically whole new roster, majority of a new roster we're going into this season? Yeah, um, I think the most surprising cut for me was uh, probably the Ryan Connolly cut. Um, obviously, last year he had a he was playing well in his rookie season, only played four games uh, before he tore his ACL. But, you know, he looked real good. It, it, it was, I thought it was going to be him at the inside linebacker position next to Blake Martinez. But um, apparently the Giants wanted to go a new direction. Um, you know, four of their last five draft picks and uh, the draft this year were all linebackers. So they, they want to go with the younger crowd, even though Connolly is just going into his second season. They want to give these guys a chance. And uh, apparently they didn't think that he was uh, – you know, doing too well coming off the ACL injury. So I, th- I thought that was surprising. Um, I, c- I could see the other ones, though. John Jalapio, I think Nick Gates has played well in training camp, so I think he can secure that center job. Um, and Jalapio is just injury proven, so I think that was a smart one. And then uh, the other one that I thought was pretty surprising was uh, Corey Coleman, obviously. I thought he had a chance to be the number four receiver behind, um, you know, the trio of Slate or Slate and Tate and uh, Shepard. But uh, apparently the Giants wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, they they brought C.J. Board to the 53-man roster, so maybe they want someone with a little more special teams um, experience under the belt. But, uh, yeah, definitely some surprising cuts. But uh, I th- there's a lot of youth on this team, so I think that they want to try and build this youth up um, and build it into a contender in hopefully the next couple of years. I think this also speaks volumes about what the Giants thought of Grant Haley's play. Obviously, they're kind of thin in the secondary. You'd think a guy like that could have found a spot on this roster. Uh, that certainly didn't happen. Ryan Lewis, another one. Uh, but yeah, for me, Corey Coleman was a uh, was quite a quite a surprise. I actually had him on my fantasy team. Uh, you know, assuming he might get some opportunity. You know, with, with Shepard and and uh, and Ingram always being hurt. Figure, you know, good good to go giant receiver depth. That just seemed like it made sense. But uh, Corey Coleman, um, wish, wish wish we knew you better. I think Ryan Connolly really is the big shocker. I know people like Sean uh, thought he was the second coming and uh, a Brian Urlacher-like um, in the making. No, <laughs> we were all hopeful. I mean, I look, I, I know the guy showed a lot of promise. It's a real shame. You know, I don't know what happens to Ryan Connolly. The Giants remain obviously weak at linebacker. I still think that's probably the biggest weakness uh, on this defense. And I think, you know, look, the, the, the loss of Xavier McKinney, which I'm sure we'll get into a, in a little more depth. You know, I, I think the Giants once again have a defense that lacks real playmakers and thinking that was going to be your guy, um, you know. The, the, some of this isn't great news for the Giants, put it to you like that. 
Yeah, for me, the big surprise was Jalapio because, yeah, he had injury issues, but with all the line issues that the Giants had, the interior line was doing pretty well last season. It was really the tackles that were causing problems. And Jalapio, the center, he's obviously the center of that. So he's controlling. He's the on the offensive line. Usually the center is the leader. He's making calls. He's calling out who's where on the defense, what linebackers doing what. So having a veteran like that get cut um, is very surprising to me. And then also, uh, like you mentioned, Ryan Conley, it really sucks. Two games, plays very, very well, gets injured, misses the rest of the season, and now he's not coming back. That really stinks. Uh, I wish he stayed on the team, but for him and for his family, I hope he gets picked up because this this guy. I, I agree with you, Sean. I'm not saying Brian Urlacher like Joe said, <laughs> but he he's a solid player, and I think he can do well and compete. But also, I, I think there has to be something said about Logan Ryan, who they brought in. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. he's a defensive back, but he reminds me a little bit of Isaiah Simmons. He can play inside the box. He can come down and play like an outside linebacker. Granted, I was so high on the Giants trying to get Isaiah Simmons. I, I think Logan Ryan, while he is a veteran and while he isn't young and he isn't Isaiah Simmons, I think he will fit a spot that I wanted the Giants to get there while he not on that level. What do you guys think of the signing of Logan Ryan? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great signing, um, especially just for the one-year deal. Uh, he's kind of getting up there in his career, but he he just probably came off one of the most productive uh, years of his career. And uh, he fits right in for Xavier McKinney. Um, he's very versatile, just like McKinney is. You know, he could play in the slot. Um, he could play the deep half of the field, um, playing free safety. Uh, he got a couple sacks last year. Uh, he had over 100 tackles as a player in the secondary. So he does a lot. Um, and the the one year deal, it's it's up to seven five million with incentives, but uh, the base deal is only five and a half mil. So I, I think it was, it's a pretty cheap deal. Um, he'll definitely bring the experience to the secondary. He'll definitely make players around him better, like uh, Jabril Peppers and Julian Love. And then uh, I think he'll be a great great player to to have in the secondary once McKinney gets back. Um, there's just a lot of moving pieces. Uh, all the players can pretty much play all positions. I think the secondary is pretty, pretty sure up after this. I think the only thing that remains to be seen is who's going to be the second um, outside corner across from uh, James Bradbury. Yeah, great move with uh, bringing in Logan Ryan, obviously a guy who Joe Judge and company know would know really well and a guy that could really – Especially with DeAndre Baker and with McKinney out, you know, the the Giants secondary was in some real trouble. So the fact that they were able to go out and, uh, you know, pick up a a quality guy like Logan Ryan really is a big help. I was still sort of hopeful, maybe, you know, Davion Clowney, but, you know, what are you going to do? Can't can't get everything in life, but uh, this certainly does make the Giants a better team. Uh, especially in in light of the horrible news with stupid, stupid DeAndre Baker. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now that now that we have a little bit better understanding of the new look of the Giants, let's get into the expectations we have for the season. Starting off with the big new face, Joe Judge. We've seen him in training camp. 
Sean, what do you think of him as the head coach? Where do you think he's going to take the Giants? I, th- I think he's going to have um, great success with the Giants. I, I feel like players are already starting to buy into, you know, his his tough, uh, tough, you know, mental toughness mentality. Um, you know, the live tackling during practice, making players run laps if they make mistakes. Um, it's just all about the fundamentals and uh, really just getting it getting it down pat. Um, I think that he'll be a great coach moving forward. He he has a special teams background. He also has background, you know, working with the offense and defense. So I think that he's going to come in. Um, I don't expect them to be over 500 this year, but I think that they'll be playing meaningful games in December. Um, I don't think they'll be out of playoff contention in December, which we haven't seen in a couple of years, but I think that's what he's going to bring to the table. That, that tough mentality, um, you know, punch you in the face for 60 minutes, uh, some old school New York Giants football, which uh, is the, the brand that I love to see. It's the brand that the Giants have won with in the past. So um, I, I think that, it, it's we're stepping in the right direction with Joe Judge. I think this will be you know a year to get back to where we want to be, um, and I think that and within the next couple of years we'll be back to the the winning ways. I've come a long way from being upset that the Giants hired the special teams coordinator for the New England Patriots. This guy certainly said all of the right things. Uh, you know, I remember some months back, you know, Jace, you said, you know, this is a guy that walks into the locker room on day one and he's got Super Bowl rings and he's got national championship rings and he's got the pedigree, uh, you know, so he's been there, done that. He comes from the Belichick School of Coaching. You know, we know we know it's had moderate success depending on where it is. But I think for the Giants and the, for the Giants organization, I think it's the right mentality and the and the right kind of coaching. You know, we could we could talk all day about the Tom Coughlin era and, and that transition from, you know, uh, five minutes early means you're late and, and, and all that nonsense where, where Tiki Barber basically retired. He didn't want any part of that. And Michael Strahan, of course, learned to love it. And I think when your coach is willing to get down in the mud, uh, getting hosed down in practice to show you how to secure a fumble, I think you've got a guy, uh, you know, this is the kind of coach guys want, young guys want, is a guy that is is willing to uh, get on the ground, do what they're doing, be amongst them, you know, make them feel like they're part of a family, and, and, and hold everybody accountable. And I think especially when you're dealing with the coronavirus, you know, that's going to be especially important that everybody's accountable for themselves and for their teammates as well. So I, I, I'm excited about Joe Judge, and I feel like the Giants got it in them this year. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, and I do think they're going to do better than what everybody thinks they're going to do. Yeah, I love that you brought up and showed that picture of Joe Judge because as soon as I saw that, I knew this was the guy. I, I knew it was before with the pedigree, but that's when it finally clicked for me. This is the guy. The whole, the main problem the past couple of years has been the locker room. No one can take control of the locker room. There's issues, people getting called cancerous, people uh, arguing about money and everything, people getting traded left and right. This is a guy, comes out, has fun. He's making practice fun. When, when I played in high school, we went, we only lost a couple games the last, we lost three games my last two years, and we looked forward to going to practice. That's why we did so well. We looked forward to going to practice. We were having fun out there, and this is what he's bringing, and he's making the whole locker room better. And 
he he took control. He came in, and yes, he can come in, show his rings, and be like, I, I did this, you follow me. He can be strict about it, but no, he's being fun. He's being that guy you want to hang out with. He's being like a, a, a father figure or like an uncle to these guys, and that's something you need in a coach if you want to get if you want to get the best out of your players. You got to have that connection with him. Now let's talk about mm-hmm. the players. Starting off with the sophomore quarterback, Daniel Jones. Sean, what do you expect from Danny Dimes this year? I think uh, I think Danny Dimes is going to have a great year. Um, you know, you just hope that all the weapons around him will stay healthy. Obviously, his top five weapons, you know, didn't play one game together with Daniel Jones last year. So, if they could all stay healthy, if Danny Dimes plays 16 games, uh, I expect a huge year. I think he's going to throw for over 30 touchdowns. I think he'll throw for 4,000-plus passing yards, and um, I think he'll throw for 15 or less picks. Um, I don't think the passing, you know, uh, part of his game is the problem. Obviously, we we saw that last year with all the fumbles. Um, I think that, you know, the fumbles will go down a little bit because, you know, he he put on the – the extra weight this year, um, a little try to bulk up. Um, hopefully the O line is a little bit better, but I don't, I, I think it will, it will go down a little bit, but I think the real problem is the, you know, his mental clock when he's in the pocket. Um, he just doesn't know how to feel the pressure one to step up. That's why he lost so many balls last year. And, uh, even though that we hope Andrew Thomas will be dominant right away. Um, he's a rookie left tackle being thrown right into the mix in a weird year with, you know, COVID going on, not being to be able to, or not being able to be there all summer um, to learn the playbook. I just think that, you know, I think obviously down the line, he'll be a dominant lineman, but I I think he'll struggle in the first year. So I think the fumbles will still be there for Daniel Jones, but I expect passing wise, he'll easily be, you know, a top half of the league QB by the end of the year. Yeah. I don't understand why people, and I don't know if it's just because Sam Darnold is such a piece of crap that everyone seems to think that there might be some regression in Daniel Jones you know, and I think, look, we all know what Daniel Jones' biggest issues were. I'm sure he's worked to uh, solve those problems. And again, you're coming into camp. You've got uh, a, a very fresh and very healthy team. And I can't help but think that that's just going to translate for this team um, in, into some success or, or at least for them to be competitive. Although I would argue, and, and I, I'm sure you guys will agree at least a little bit that, you know, the Giants were seemingly in every single game. And yeah. it it seemed to me, you know, their problems were, were basically, you know, second half problems. And Eli Manning was always a second half kind of guy. And I think Daniel Jones has to kind of learn what that is, what that looks like. You know, I, I I think obviously being firmly in the in the starting spot from day one will make a big difference for him. As Sean said, you know, not having all the weapons in any single game last year, you know, you don't we don't know what this Giants offense is capable of. And you know, a- Andrew Thomas is an absolute stud. That's the reason the Giants went out there and got him. I think that Daniel Jones will be a better quarterback. And look, he's a rookie; he's going to make mistakes, but. I think you feel a lot better knowing that guy's there and he's got your back. And I just think that the impact that this is going to have on this Giants offense, Joe Judge and, and, and Jason Garrett have a lot to prove. Jason Garrett, especially if he does ever want to work again, you know, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be uh, really important for him 
to own this team. And 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 it, look, you know, I I said uh, on on keys to the city the other day, you know, any idea that Dave Gettleman's going anywhere is probably out the window, especially with a new head coach. But I think if the Giants were to do something like go two and fourteen or one in fifteen in what would clearly be a disaster of a season, I could see I could see Gettleman being walked out of town. I think more realistically the Giants probably go seven and nine, six and ten, uh, and everybody stays put and we, we come back in, in uh, twenty twenty one and and look, hopefully the Giants have a good draft. Hopefully defense will 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 take priority this time around you'll get Xavier McKinney back and and I think this team it's it's good it's it's good and it's only going to get better and I think there's a lot to be excited about with Dan, with Daniel Jones I think the biggest uh thing to me that showed me he's coming to play this year was his uh body transformation he put on all that muscle he bulked up and in any sport, whenever you see someone do that, that shows they're in, they're 100% committed, and, and they have a damn good season the next year. But uh, I think that's going to help him a lot, especially with his uh, pocket presence. Uh, I feel like he's going to be more comfortable in the pocket, knowing that he has this extra muscle. Because if you looked at some of the sacks last year, he was just tumbling down. Like it, it, if you could, it looked like some of them looked like a strong breeze could blow him down. Like mm-hmm. with this muscle, I, I I can see him use utilizing those legs, maybe breaking a couple tackles and extending plays to make bigger plays downfield. That's what I'm seeing with this body transformation, and I hope that that's what we see. Now, Joe, you you mentioned it with the record. What, uh, Sean, I'm coming to you. Put a number to the Giants record. What do you think they're going to go this year? I'm going to have to agree with Joe on this one. Uh, I think seven and nine is a, a solid number. I actually looked through the schedule um, right before we did this, and I could see him pulling out seven wins. Um, it's Obviously, they have a very tough schedule, especially the first couple weeks, um, going against some of the best, better defenses in the league. So it'll be, it'll be tough out the gate, but um, I think the schedule gets a little bit easier in the middle of the season, so – if they can pull out, you know, two wins in the first four weeks um, and then, you know, kind of stay middle of the pack through the middle of the season, uh, see where they can end up for the the games at the end of the season, you know, against like the Ravens and the Cowboys. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they can nab a wild card. I, I don't think division title would be in the mix this year. I just think the Eagles and Cowboys are way too more talented than us. But I do think, you know, with the, the extension team of uh, – having there being seven wildcard teams in the NFC. I think there's a, there's a decent chance that the Giants could, you know, slip in there. Obviously everything has to go right. The offense has to continue to develop. Daniel Jones has to look good. The whole line has to look good. And the, obviously the defense has to be better, but uh, I can, I could see them sitting right around 500, but uh, I'll go with seven and nine. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. And I, and I think Sean really kind of nailed it. I think if this team starts out 0 and three, one and five, something like that, and I think six and ten is probably where they end up. I think if the Giants can steal one of these first few games, I think it, you know, and 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 you get off to a, a better start, then I think that again, I feel like the Giants generally do better in the second half, uh, the second part of the season, anyway. 
So I and and I think their schedule lightens up a, a, a bit, you know, come second half. So I would think if the Giants, um, I think if the Giants play their best, they could legitimately go eight and eight. But it's the Giants, and I think they'll find a way to lose some of these ball games. Um, and so, you know, will it be one game they blow? Will it be two? So I got them six and ten or seven and nine. I'll go with six and ten for now, but I, I might, uh, I might want to re up this after week three. All right, all right. You know me, my predictions, they're going 16 and 0. (laughs) When we make the picks, I'm picking them every week. But realistically, I I think 8 and 8 is a good spot. And Sean, you you said you don't think the NFC East title is in the picture. It was late November last year till they got kicked out of the NFC East title picture. Like yeah. it's completely realistic. You you look at the Cowboys eight and eight last year, and they they were able to get in. So I, I think it's completely realistic. They go eight and eight, and, and they they win the NFC East. I I, I believe in it. I, I'm all on the Joe Judge hype train and uh, choo choo. Yeah. I'm the conductor. Let's go, baby. <laughs> now let's talk about Week One, Monday Night Football. The first of the doubleheader, the Steelers come to MetLife to take on the Giants. Sean, what are you thinking about this game? Uh, like I said before, their Steelers are one of the better defenses in the league. I would say top five. Um, I mean, they have a great pass rush with TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. And then uh, they got players in the secondary like Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden. So it will be a tough challenge for the Giants coming out the gate. But um, I feel like in, in this environment with COVID and, you know, not being able to be in training camp for, you know, the amount of time they usually would be, I think that the offenses will be at an advantage, um, at least to start the season before the defense start to catch on. So I think uh, it, it will be a kind of high-scoring game. But um, I think that the Giants offense will score uh, close to 30 points, and I think that they'll, they'll win in a shootout. Um, I just think it will be it will be tough for Big Ben um, in his first game back. Cool. Uh, Juju had a rough year last year. James Conner had a rough year. So um, I'm kind of intrigued to see what the Steelers' offense looks like. Um, I, I won't be surprised if they look a lot better than I expect them to, but I just feel like coming out the gate, they won't be um, as hot. So I could see this, uh, the Giants stealing a late one on Monday night. Um, but I, w- I would say tw- uh, 28 to 24. All right. You just said they were going to score over thirty, though. I said I said around thirty. Okay, all right. I, I had to bring my myself back in a little bit. All right, okay. It's a tough defense. I got a feeling the Giants will get off to a really good start in this game. I think they'll lead for a good part of it, especially in the first half. And I think that in the second half, I think the Giants will get a little bit exposed. I think the Steelers are just a better team, and you know. I think it's going to be close. I don't think the Giants' offense will be quite clicking. Uh, I hope it is. I mean, if they could put up four touchdowns uh, on opening day, my goodness. I feel like two touchdowns is realistic with a field goal, uh, which won't be enough uh, in a 27-20 loss by our Mm. loved New York Mm. Giants. Dang, dang, dang. And, you know, I'm going with the Giants in the Battle of the Mara family. But, uh, oh. like, I, I I do think that Big Ben's coming back, and I, I don't think he's going to be 100%. Like, 
Big Ben hasn't big been Big Ben. Like in the past, he's done great things, but but this is like he he's the Eli Manning to the Steelers. He he did those great things. He won Super Bowls, but I, in my opinion, he's sticking around a little too long. And uh, I, I I'm not sold on Big Ben. I do think he might be a little better than Eli Manning was, but uh, hey, yeah, I think. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's talk about the league as a whole now. Before we get to our picks, let's uh, give some predictions on the outcomes of this season. Starting off, who do you have as your MVP going into the season, Sean? Uh, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Um, so somehow he's never won an MVP at this point, um, and he's never even received a, a first place vote for MVP which seems almost impossible after some of the seasons he's had. But I think this is the year uh, he breaks through. Um, I think he, he'll finally win one. He's got weapons on the offense side of the ball with, you know, he's got to throw to DK Metcalf, his favorite target, Tyler Lockett. And then uh, Josh Gordon just got reinstated. So hopefully he can make it back. And then they threw in a veteran tight end in there in the off season with Greg Olson. So I think he'll have a lot of weapons around him. Um, the Seahawks defense has got a lot better with Jamal Adams. So the offense will be on the field a lot more. Um, so I think that Russell Wilson will go out and uh, get his first MVP this year. All right. I like that. Um, I think Patty Mahomes is going to be the MVP. I think he's going to absolutely light it up again. And I think the Chiefs are going to have another really good kind of like 13-3 and sort of season. So I would expect him to continue to put up those huge numbers. And like Lamar Jackson, too, I don't think uh, it would be outside the realm that um, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, maybe Russell or, or Mahomes is MVP and maybe Jackson gets his first championship. I think that's what Mahomes did, and I don't know why people are just trying to, like, transfer that on to the next guy. That doesn't really make any sense. Uh, so maybe the MVP could be Saquon Barkley. Mm, uh, like I, heard I love project, that. My man, uh, you know, maybe looking at, like, 2,500 all-purpose yards. Again, that could depend a lot on the health of uh, – both the offensive line and on the uh, receiving core, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, I'm going to well, say I'm going uh, to do it. I'm going to say Saquon Barkley will be the league's MVP. I like oh, it. He'll, let's go. Yeah, he'll definitely get touches in uh, the Jason Garrett offense. I think he'll get 300 plus. Is this Joe's face turn? No, oh, but he picked the Steelers, so I guess not. But uh, I'm just I, listen. I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to be realistic here. You know what I mean? Like I could see. Look, I could see the Giants winning. I could see Saquon uh, being the MVP. I don't want to hope for those things. These are things I legitimate. I mean, I just if the Giants win their first game of the season, I'm gonna be. You won't want to talk to me. I'm going to be in your face about how great Daniel Jones is. That's all I'm going to talk about. That, that sounds like I want to talk to you. That, that yeah. sounds like a great time. I'm okay with this. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I th- look again. I think you're looking at the Giants. We 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 talked about this even over the last couple of years. Like you look at this team and you're like, God, there's so much talent there. Could they be nine and seven? Yeah, maybe. And then it's another five and eleven, and you're like, oh, here we go again. So, I think the Giants, 
And I agree with you, Jace, as delusional as you are sometimes when you say these things. I don't think that the division is completely outside the realm of possibility. I think in some ways, it maybe because the Giants are so awful, Sean, maybe because they're so bad. I think we look at the Eagles who have been destroying with a nine in a row now in Dallas, and I think it's easy like they're way better than we are. It's like, well, I mean, are they? Like, are yeah. they really way better than we are? The Giants were, the Giants had every opportunity late last year to stay in in the in the uh, division race, and nobody wanted to win that division last year. So let's hope for yeah. more of the same. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've done three fantasy drafts in the last like forty eight hours, and the thing that cracks me up: Cowboys fans absolutely do not want Dak Prescott on their fantasy team. <laughs> Which is weird because in real life they don't want him on their football team. The only place that guy's got value is in fantasy. You think they 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 would they would want that? I don't understand it. Yeah, th- th- that's interesting. Uh, for my MVP prediction, I-, I did it last year. I'm going to do it again this year. I'm picking a defensive player. I think Nick Bosa is going to be the first defensive player to win MVP since. 1987 oh, when our boy LT won it. Now, uh, what do you have, Sean, for Rookie of the Year predictions? Uh, rookie of the Year for offense, uh, I'm going to go with <clears throat> excuse me, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, running back from the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Um, I think, you know, with Damian Williams, they're starting running back before this with him opting out for the season. Uh, Edwards-Hilaire is going to get uh, a huge amount of touches. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. Um, I think he's – Patty Mahomes is going to use him a lot, you know, in dump-offs and in, uh, you know, just routes downfield. And then I, he's going to get close to – I think he'll get over 250 touches. Um, he was a great playmaker at LSU, and I just think in this Chiefs offense, uh, he's going to have a, a great year, and I could see him winning a Rookie of the Year. And uh, for defense, uh, Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with Jeff Okuda. Um, I think he's one of the be- better corner prospects I've seen come into the NFL in a long while. Um, his ball skills are tremendous. He's, he's a very physical corner. Um, and I think, you know, after this rookie year, he'll be considered already a top 10 corner in the league. Um, I just think he's going to be, he's going to be huge for that, uh, line secondary. And I think that he'll take home the award, uh, next year. So my offensive rookie of the year is the number one draft pick. Joe Burrow, I think – look, I don't I don't think the Bengals are going to be great. I think the Bengals will be around 7-9, 8-8, eight, sort of like the Giants. But I think he's got a lot of weapons around him. I think he can have a really good year. It's He might not even get off to a great start, but he's a smart guy. He's a great athlete and, and a heck of a quarterback. And, and I really do think that, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, him – and how he develops compared to a guy like like uh, like Daniel Jones, you know, a, a smaller time college guy as opposed to uh, you know an LSU type. So I'll be curious to see that. But I would expect Joe Burrow to to have a really great year. Um, and and I, you know, I think Saint Hilaire's in a great spot with KC. Got really lucky with uh, Williams bailing out too. You couldn't have asked if you drafted him in your fantasy league, boy. You. Couldn't have gotten any lucky yeah. with Saint Hilaire, man. You know, on, on on a great offense, and they're they're the guy he was going to be competing with. Ball touches is out. By the way, my defensive rookie of the year was going to be Xavier McKinney, 
Because you know I love the too. playmakers. But now, my defensive rookie of the year is the guy we didn't get, Isaiah Simmons. I think that guy's going to he's gonna put up some pretty amazing numbers. Um, I, I think he's going to be a stud in this league, and, and it's, it's unfortunate he won't be doing it, uh, you know, on the big blue. But, yeah, that's my guy. I, I, I love him. I loved him in college. I, I think he's going to be such a stud in, in, the, uh, in the pros. Yeah, for my defensive player of the year, uh, rookie of the year, I, I also have Isaiah Simmons. Uh, like I was hard, hard t- trying to get him on the Giants. I was yelling, screaming at my TV when he wasn't drafted by the Giants. But uh, it sucks. He's a solid player, and he's going to be great no matter where he is. Like you said, Joe, I wish he was in the big blue. But for rookie of the year, I got a little surprise for you guys. I got Justin Herbert. He did not, he's not a starting quarterback right now for the Chargers, but he's behind Tyrod Taylor. And if there's one thing Tyrod Taylor can do, lose the starting job. And I think Justin <laughs> Herbert is going to come in. And if this and if this offense, Phillip Rivers could put up numbers with the way he was throwing the ball. This kid's a stud, and he's got an arm. I, I think he's going to come in week three, week four, and light it up. So I'm picking Justin Herbert. He's a guy that I stashed on fantasy. I picked him up. He's hiding on my bench in all my leagues. Hmm. I, I expect this guy to be a big instant uh, instant impact in the NFL. Now – you know, real quick, Jace, I um I traded back in my the fantasy league I'm in with Jared Jones. It's a it's a keeper like franchise league, and I traded back into the second. I, I took the last pick of the first and a, a pick early in the second, and I thought I could grab him, and he was gone. So I I think others see it the way you uh-huh. see it, and I think you're right when you have Tyrod Taylor in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just basically paving your way to make a debut by week four. <laughs> You're right. Uh, whether it is from his play or he gets injured, like he, he just can't hold a starting job, and it sucks because I think he's all right. Now let's get down to the brass tacks. Who will be in the Super Bowl? Who's your NFC champ? Who's your AFC champ? And ultimately, who is your Super Bowl champ? Who will be hosting the Lombardi Trophy in February, Sean? Uh, coming out of the NFC, I have the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, coming out of the AFC, I have the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to go uh, Ravens over Seahawks in the Super Bowl. I think uh, Lamar gets over the hump this year. Um, I think with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram in the backfield, uh, it's going to be a scary look for any defensive coordinator to try and uh, scheme up against that. And then uh, their defense just has playmakers. They added Calais Campbell. Um, they probably have the best corner duo in the league with Marlon Humphrey and uh, Marcus Peters. So, I think this is the year that Lamar gets over that hump. Um, I think that he'll have a great year, and I could see uh, the Ravens hoisting the Lombardi this year. Bill Belichick will not be at this year's Super Bowl. I agree with you, Sean. Uh, I got the Ra- I had to do something. I, I, I hate to disagree with Sean. I do have the Ravens. I, I think that is um, possibly the the most complete team in the NFL. Uh, I think I think that is really the the best all around team, and I think the second best team is the San Francisco 49ers, who I think will 
uh, once again get to the dance uh, and 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 go home uh, on the short end of the stick again. All right. Uh, I, I have San Fran coming out of the NFC. Uh, I picked uh, Nick Bosa to be the MVP. Uh, I think he's going to carry them. Uh, I, I think Garoppolo is going to hand the ball off like he's done, and the whole line is <laughs> just going to dominate. And you're you're going to have multiple running backs with over a thousand yards. Like this is just going to be dominant. He's going to be throwing less than ten passes. All the George Kittle and George Kittle is going to dominate like he does. I, I think San Fran they got a touch. They got a feeling of what it's like to be at the big dance, and now they're ready. They know what it takes to get there. Now they're going to put it in overdrive and do what it takes to try and win it. But the thing is, is they're going to be going up against the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens, kind of disappointing last last year. Uh, they didn't get as far as I think we all had them going to the Super Bowl in uh last year but i think they another they're determined they know what they have to do they know the fixes they have to make and i think lamar jackson's coming back more determined like he he's gotten over the fact that everyone was calling him a running back now everyone knows he's a quarterback and now he's going to show everyone why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league now let us get to picks Starting off with tomorrow's game, the Texans go to Kansas City to take on the reigning Super Bowl champions. Sean, who you got? Uh, I got to go with Patty and uh, Andy Reid and the Chiefs in this one. Um, I think that, you know, this offense hasn't lost a step. They bring back pretty much everyone on the team, and they add um, Edward Tolaire, obviously. And then uh, Texans, they had a rough offseason, you know, letting D-Hop go for David Johnson in the second rounder. Um, it's, it just can't happen. It's unacceptable. It's a terrible move by Bill O'Brien. So I think the Texans will hurt from it this year, and I think uh, it will be an easy, easy win on uh, night number one for the NFL for the Chiefs. You know, it's funny. Um, again, earlier today I was talking to, uh, on, on Keys to the City, and um, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get paid. Uh, and, and then, and then suddenly there's money as soon as he gets shipped out of town. I, what a slap in the face. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's amazing the way the NFL does business. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I think that in the next bargaining agreement, I think you're going to see some, some changes made to the, uh, rookie contract. I think that's going to be something that they're going to address because I think when you're looking at the way these fifth year guys aren't getting their stuff picked up, I think when you look at. Um, you know, just the way that they've devalued the running back position in, in an era where they're not even handing the ball off all that much. I think that's going to be an issue. But Unless you're the Niners. Yeah, well, right. That's a topic for another day. Uh, in this game, though, um, yeah, I think the Chiefs at home uh, will will light it up. I think Patty Mahomes probably throws for four to five scores in this one because I agree with Sean. I think that the defenses are going to need some time to click. Um, I think the Texans will hang in this one. I think you're gonna get yourself like a real, a real shootout, like a 42-38 shootout kind of a game. So I'm excited for that. All right, all right. I, I too am sticking with the reigning champs. I think the Chiefs get it done. But another a man we did not talk about in the MVP race, who I think will be in the MVP race, is Deshaun Watson. I think mm-hmm. without. Uh, 
D hop there. I think he's going to put a lot more pressure on himself and he's going, he, he, every time there's been pressure on him, he's risen to the occasion. And I don't, I expect this to be another instance where he does. I think he's going to go light it up. Uh, I I'm, I'm in a pick em league. We pick against the spread. The spread for this has the Kansas city chiefs favored favored by nine and a half. That's not close. I, I think it will be a close game. It will be a shootout. Like it, it will, but overall the chiefs are going to come out ahead. Now let's get into the first Sunday back with football, starting off with the Seahawks going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Sean, what you thinking? Um, although I have the Seahawks uh, going to the Super Bowl, and I think they'll have a great year. Um, I'm going to go with the upset in this one. Um, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Like I said, well, with the offenses, um, I think that they're just going to be coming out firing. So I think the addition of Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst will be huge for this Falcons uh, offense. I know there's, they won't be fans there, but um, they, they usually have success in Atlanta at home. Um, so I think that the Falcons offense will come out firing. I think this will be another um, high-scoring affair, but I, I could see uh, the Falcons pulling it out late. Hmm. Um, I think that uh, Matt Ryan is definitely not playing his best football. I think it's funny that everybody wants to talk about Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers and guys like that. Jared Goff, you know, gets a lot of criticism. Uh, Matt Ryan is, is, is really starting to become a very mediocre quarterback in the NFL. And I think it's maybe this, this will be the season where we could finally kind of get him off that high horse because he's definitely seen his day. Um, I, I see this one going easily Russell Wilson and company's way. Um, I think especially at home, the Falcons have had some, some tough outings at home. Uh, and I think this will be another one of those. I think this will be a 30 to 13 loss at home by the Falcons. All right. All right. Uh, Matty Ice has uh, – he's really lived up to his nickname. When you're uh, younger, you, you could drink a couple Natty Ices and, and be okay the next day. But once you get older, once you start drinking more and more Natty Ices, it starts hitting you more and more. So uh, he just hasn't lived up to what, what he was when he was in that MVP season. Um and I, I do agree with you guys saying that this will be a, a, an offensive showcase this week. But if any team's defense is going to come to play, it, it's going to be Seattle's. And I think they are, are going to come to play and, and they're going to give the Falcons a tough time. And uh, yeah, Seahawks are going to get it done uh, fairly easily here. Uh, then going into the AFC East, we got a battle for New York as the Jets go up to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Sean, what you thinking? Uh, I think the Bills are going to win pretty easily in this one. Uh, the Jets' offense is just terrible. Um, they have no playmakers. Their best playmaker is probably Jamison Crowder, which is uh, not a good sign for them. And then, obviously, they just traded away their best player in Jamal Adams. So I think it's going to be a rough season for uh, – the the Jets and I think that the Bills are going to have a lot of success this year. They still have the great defense. I think uh, Josh Allen will take a step forward. So I, I could see the Bills uh, winning in a blowout on this one. Yeah, you know it's weird. I'm not a Jets fan. I hate Sam Darnold, but I feel like the Jets 
tend to win games that I don't think they're they have any chance to win. And, you know, I know there's some concern uh, in Buffalo with Singletary and, and uh, you know, Josh Allen's a very athletic quarterback. I don't know. I just feel like this is just one of those games where the Jets win a weird one, a 13-10 Jets victory. Dang. Okay. All right. It's crazy. Um, yeah. It's crazy over here. Uh, I think going on the road week one, no preseason games, you're going to Buffalo. That's going to be super rough. And you're already in a bad state as it is in the New York Jets. Uh, And the Bills have been hot from last season. I I think they're going to continue. They're going to get the win. And, uh, yeah, I I think Zach Moss is going to dominate on the ground. Uh, look for him uh, to get a bunch of carries. I think Josh Allen is going to take it to the next level, as Sean mentioned. And, and the Bills are going to get it done, and the Bills Mafia is going to be happy and putting people through tables all day. Then we're going over to the NFC North. Bears go to Detroit to take on the Lions. Sean, who you got? Uh, the Bears had picked uh... – Nick Foles to be their starter going into week one. I might have went with the Bears, but um, they picked Mitch Trubisky. So I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. Um, I don't believe in Trubisky. I don't think anyone should uh, by this point. And the Lions, uh, before Matt Stafford got hurt last year, um, they were really contending in the AFC North. They had a, a pretty good record before he got hurt, and the offense looked good. So I think he'll he'll continue that. Uh, I think the Lions offense will be good. And then, um, you know, they added some playmakers, Jeff Okuda and uh, Jamie Collins during the offseason. So um, I don't I think this will be a kind of low scoring game. Um, I think the Lions will pull it out, though. Um, I think they'll win by probably two touchdowns. Hmm. Bears, Lions in Detroit. I don't know why. Um, maybe because I don't think much of Matt Stafford, who's a pad statter, and I don't know, just something about them Bears. Even with uh, Montgomery, I believe, uh, is possibly going to miss game one, I still think the Lions are not going to win this football game. I think this is going to be a close one. It's going to go 16-10 in favor of the Bears. All right. All right. Um, I think the problem with Mitch Trubisky last year was I feel like out of the blue, as soon as the season started to come closer, everyone put a lot of pressure on the the Bears. People were picking them to go to the Super Bowl. People were expecting uh, Mitch Trubisky to have this breakout year. I think that pressure is going to be off a little, and I think he will get back to – uh, a semi-normal with this last year being a slump for him. However, I, I think Matt Patricia is starting to get into his own at, as the Lions head coach, and I think he will control the tempo of the game. I think defensively they will stop uh, Mitch Trubisky and anything the, the Bears throw at him. I do agree with you, Joe. This is going to be a low-scoring sto- game. This is going to be a dogfight, but uh, I see the Lions taking it at home. And now let's go over to the other side of the NFC North as the Packers go to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. What do you think? 
I'm going to go with the Packers in this one. Um, the Vikings, they lost their best receiver in the offseason with Stephon Diggs, and uh, they lost a lot of starters uh, on their defense. So I, th- I think that's going to hurt them. Um, I think they, they might adjust you know, later in the season, but week one, um, I think the Packers will take advantage of that defense, you know, still trying to you know, make the unit work together. Um, their first you know, live action you know, on the real field. So I think that the Packers will take advantage of that. Um, I could see them winning this game. I'd, I'll give them a 28 to 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not high on the Vikings this year. Okay. I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings in this game. I'm going to take the Vikings uh, over the Packers. Game's in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go 21-17. No. 24-17 Vikings. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, too, am going with Minnesota. Uh, I, I think they're going to get it done. I, I do like the Vikings this year. I think they, they did have some losses. Uh, I disagree with that statement that Stefan Diggs is their best wide receiver. I think Adam Thielen is, and uh-huh. he's still there. And okay. uh, I, I think he'll get it done. Um, I, I think the Vikings will get it done. And also – it sucks with Aaron Rodgers because it feels like there's always drama going in. Last season, there were everyone was saying him and his coach Matt Lafleur aren't on the right foot, and then this season he's coming in and they drafted a first round uh, quarterback in uh, my man Jordan Love from the Utah State Aggies. Um, I, I think there's still going to be drama and. From what I've seen the past couple of years, when there is that drama, the Packers kind of start off slow. Uh, I think it's going to continue here. I think the Vikings get it done at home. Now, the AFC East, the Dolphins go to Foxborough to take on the Cam Newton-led Patriots. Sean, what you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go with the Pats and uh, Cam Newton's first start for New England. I think that... You know, Fitzmagic is starting for the Dolphins, so I think he will bring some Fitzmagic to the table. I think it will be, you know, probably a closer game than some would think. Um, the Dolphins' defense got better in the offseason, and they, they made some good moves. So I still have the Pats in this one, but I, I think it will be a closer game. I'll go uh, I'll go Pats, Pats 24, uh, Dolphins 16. Okay. Oh, boy. This is a tough one. Yeah. I believe Bill Belichick is going to be the coach of the year this year. And I think he is going to resurrect Cam Newton's career. Because I'll tell you what, if Cam Newton doesn't play well or takes this team to, you know, 4-12, and he's done. He's gone. He's out of the NFL completely. I think there's a lot riding on this season for Cam Newton. He's got to show... Um, that he still has it. And and I think people will think if you can't do it with Bill Belichick, you can't do it with anybody. So I think this is a last chance for him. And I think for Bill, you know, he's looking down there in Tampa at Tom Brady. Tom wants to go out there and do it without Bill. I think Bill's got to be looking at Cam as a guy who could really cement his legacy. If he could turn this kid's career around, and turn him into a star again. A black quarterback in New England, no less. You know, he's a controversial guy already, 
Boston's not exactly a town that, that embraces uh, African-Americans. So there'll be a short leash there with the fans. So I think there's a lot riding on this, and I don't think I don't think Bill Belichick isn't going to be ready. I know he's had some trouble with with the Dolphins and and with some of his former assistants. I think this one's going to be a big beating. I think this is going to be a 31-10 Patriots smackdown. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not mad at you you saying that, Joe. I, I think the Patriots. Uh, we'll get it done. Uh, I do think it's going to be close, especially with the big losses the Patriots had in Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, and uh, a, a bunch of people sitting out due to uh, COVID. Um, I, I think this will be a shootout. We will see a little bit of Fitz magic, but I do not expect the Dolphins to start winning games until Tua Tungavailoa is put in there. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Fitz, Fitz magic. You can say what you will about him, but uh, I, I just don't don't think he'll get it done. I, I think the sooner, like last year with Daniel Jones, as we mentioned, the sooner you get him in, learning the system, make getting those in game reps. I, I think the better off you'll be. And uh, I just don't see it happening. Happening. And, and I, uh, as far as the Patriots go, I've been a big supporter of Cam Newton. He was under so much scrutiny last year because of his poor play, but also he was being forced to play with an ankle injury. He was rushed back from an ankle injury. And when you're a mobile quarterback and you have problems with your ankle, you can see the problem. You, you can see the issue there. Uh, you were making a guy who can extend plays and rush and use his body to try and turn into a pocket passer, which he is not. And uh, I think this, I think from what Belichick and the whole Patriots organization have said positively about Cam Newton, I think they're ready for this. And I I think it, it will be good. Um, I, I do think it will be closer than a lot of people think because of Fitz magic and his ability to keep these types of games closer than they should be. But the Patriots will get it done after all. Now, going from the AFC East to the NFC East, the Eagles go to Washington to take on the Washington football team. Um, Sean, who you got? I think this one's going to be a, a pretty ugly game, um, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles' O line has been banged up this uh, off season, you know, with Brandon Brooks uh, being out for the season and now Andre Dillard. So I think the you know Washington, I think they'll have some success um, with the pass rush, um, obviously with the Chase Young pickup and you know Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, but I, I don't think they'll have enough offense to you know to keep up with the Eagles' uh, firepower. So I think it'll be kind of um, low scoring game, but I'll, I'll go with the Eagles in this one. I love Dwayne Haskins, man. I think everybody knows how much I like this kid. Uh, I think that the Washington football team club or whatever they're calling themselves these days, gonna be, they're lucky there's no fans in the stand. What do you gonna, What do you chant? Um, but I, I, I think Washington is going to be a really good team. You got to be excited about Chase Young. I think uh, you know th- this. It's some some tough stuff there with Geis and I know just cut Peterson, so it would be interesting to see uh, what they do. But that 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 team's got some potential, and I I definitely thought towards the latter half of last year they were actually playing better than the Giants were. 
So it'll be interesting to see where they pick uh, where they pick up uh, if they pick up where where they left off. I think though with the off season that they've had, uh, they're running into a, a a much better football team. I think they're going to lose this one uh, by a score of twenty three to nine. All right, all right. Uh, I, I too am going to go with the Eagles. Uh, I think it's going to be very rough for Chase Young. Uh, the Eagles' uh, offensive line is probably uh, their strongest part of their team, and no one's no one's injured right now. They're they're healthy. Um, well, I I think Chase Young's still going to have a tough tough time, and uh, I think it's. I I, I I just don't see Washington getting like cool. They got Chase Young, cool. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is coming back, cool. They're no longer the Redskins, but they haven't shown anything. They haven't made any real significant changes to show me that they can beat teams. And the Eagles, uh, while they really haven't either, they they still were in the hunt last year. So I'm going to go with the Eagles to get it done on the road. Now, uh, interdivisional play as the new Las Vegas Raiders go to Carolina to take on the Teddy Bridgewater-led Panthers. Uh, Sean, who you got? I'm going to go with the the home team and the underdog in this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Carolina. I think uh, their offense was is going to be super explosive this year. And um, Raiders, they, their defense um, is featuring a bunch of new players that they either brought in through free agency or the draft. So I think they're going to have to take some time to, you know, get that cohesion together and uh, start to click as a unit. So I think that the Panthers will have success on offense. I think that they'll score a bunch of points, um, and I could see them win by a touchdown on this one. Okay. Mm, this is a tough one for me. It really yeah. is. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I don't know. I I like I like Carolina. I really do. There's just something about Carolina. Um, they got a lot going on there. Teddy Bridgewater played so well last year. <sighs> Boy, I got Carolina in this one. Let's go twenty-four to thirteen. Okay. Uh, I, I too have the Panthers. Uh, last year, they were able to win games with uh, not Josh Allen, uh, not Brandon Allen, Kyle Allen. Um, Hilarious. <laughs> and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he he showed that he still has it in him. So uh, I think he is a excellent new addition to the Carolina Panthers, and I think he will lead them uh, – to be better than a lot of people think. Uh, I think they'll come out swinging. Uh, I think we can really wait and see when the Raiders. Uh, uh, I think the Raiders will really show up their first home game, even though there's not going to be any fans, a new environment. So uh, I, I like it. I think the Panthers, though, are going to take the win at home. Now let's talk the AFC South. The Colts go to Jacksonville to take on. Gar, uh, to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sean, is Minshew Mania going to run wild here? I, I wish it was, Jace, but uh, I'm going to have to go with the Colts on this one. Uh, I think there's a, a big a, a big chance that the Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL this year. Um, they just lost so much talent over the past couple of years after you know making that AFC championship game. 
they're down to really no one right now. So they're definitely in the middle of a rebuild. And I think the Colts, uh, they're, they're a sleeper team in the AFC this year, I think. Um, they made a lot of good additions. Uh, obviously, they have the veteran quarterback now, Phillip Rivers. Uh, DeForest Buckner is going to be huge for them. So I think that the Colts will, uh, will go out and win big in this one. Colts 31-13, for every reason that Sean just said. You know, it's a shame that Jacksonville was such a great defense. These young, good wide receivers, they drafted another uh, Chenault into the mix. I mean, their offense could have done some stuff. I I mean, I, I can't even fathom what's happening in Jacksonville. It's a disaster right now. Uh, and they're going to get destroyed on opening day, as they should. Did I say the score already? Did I say 31-10? 31-13. No, I'm changing it. 31-10, they suck. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, you can say all you want. The Jag- They're trying to get all the Coughlin-era guys out of there. The, the, the Jaguars are tanking. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're getting rid of all their best players. They're trying to get that number one overall pick. They're trying to get that Trevor Lawrence on their team. And uh, it's going to show. It's going to show. Uh, they do have some nice assets. Uh, DJ Shark do 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 did very, very good last year. Um, I love – Chanel, uh as a rookie coming in, he he's a all around guy. He's a guy that can return kicks. He can uh, he he even had a bunch of rushing yards for Colorado last year. So I, I like his uh, versatileness. But uh, yeah, Minshew Mania is done. Uh, the Colts are strong. Uh, I'm a big old line guy, and they have the best offensive lineman in the game right now in Quentin Nelson. And then you give them uh, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. That's a recipe for a disaster for any defense, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens there. Not really sold on uh, Philip Rivers after the past couple of years. Uh, I hope he can re- reignite something in this uh, new uh, blue and uh, white. But uh, they're going to get the win here. Uh, but I, I just—it's uh, just because the Jags are tanking. Plain and simple, Jags are. They're, they might not win a game this year. They might not. Um, yeah. Now, let's go on to the AFC North. Browns go to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Sean, any upsets here? I'm not going to go with the upset, um, but I do think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I think that the Browns are – you know, after all the hype uh, last offseason, it, it obviously didn't turn out well. But I think that they got players back healthy. Um, they they shirt up that old line with uh, Jack Conklin and then uh, drafting Jedrick Wills. So I think that they'll be a lot better off this season. Um, although I'm going to go with the Ravens, I, I think it will be a good game. Uh, I'll say uh, Ravens 27, Browns 24. Yeah, the the Browns stink. Um the 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 Browns the color of the team now repulses me. Just thinking about Odell Beckham Jr. It does I mean, not repulse Odell. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, but I, I think the Ravens are going to crap all over Odell Beckham and the Browns, and they're going to really like it. Uh, yeah, um, I think that the Ravens will score forty points in this game. And I think wow. that the Browns will score in single digits. 
I'll give you a, a crooked number. I'm going to say 44 to 9. Jeez. I think this is going to yeah. be, yeah, I think Cleveland's going to get just slapped around, and they, they probably need it. Uh, yeah, I don't see uh, any way the Browns can compete with the Ravens uh, this year at all, let alone week one um, and in Baltimore. Um, the Browns, they play like crap. Uh, we we got to obviously mention Odell as he is a former Giant. He played like a number two wide receiver last year. He played like absolute crap. Come on, I so. love this. You know I love this. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't expect anything big from him. I, I do like the addition of Dredrick Wills. Uh, on my uh, big board, he was the my my top uh, OT. I like the way he plays, and I think he will be a good asset and uh, hopefully help Baker Mayfield uh, not have to worry as much uh, with the pressure. But the Ravens, like, I don't see any any way that uh, any instance, any matchup that the Ravens don't win against the Browns at all. And uh, I, I, I'm not surprised with that score, Joe. I, I think the Ravens can score even 50 on them. Like, wow. uh, th- I, I, I'm. Uh, this is going to be an explosive game, and uh, it's it's not it's not going to be fun for the Browns. I'll, I'll tell you that. But uh, now more interdivisional play. The Chargers go to cincinnati take on the Bengals. sadly we will we will not be seeing the rookie versus rookie qb matchup but uh sean how do you think joe burrow is going to do here at home in his first nfl game oh uh, i don't think that joe burrow is going to have a, a bad game per se but uh i, I just think he, he's got a tough matchup in the chargers d um even with derwin james out for the year uh chargers still have a great secondary and they have the great pass rush with uh, Joey Bosa and, and Melvin Ingram. So I think it's going to be a tough task. Um, and I think that the Chargers are going to score uh, just enough points to to beat the Bengals in this one. I don't think it will be a high-scoring game. Um, I'd probably have to say Chargers 23, uh, Bengals 21. Well, Joe Burrow can't very well be my offensive rookie of the year if he doesn't have a great first game at home against the Chargers. And that's the way I see this one going. Uh, Cincinnati wins the game. Final score, 28 for the Bengals and for the Chargers, 17. All right. Okay. Uh, I think the Chargers come in to Cincinnati and they get the win. Um Joey Bosa is going to welcome Joe Burrow into the league here. Um, Joe Burrow wasn't sacked that much uh, at LSU uh, besides when his pants got pulled down. Um, (laughs) But uh, he's going to get demolished. Like he's going to get eaten up. The, uh, the Bengals offensive line cannot compete with Joey Bosa and also Melvin Ingram. It's going to be a mess. Uh, I expect them to eat it up and, uh, I, I just like Joe Burrow. This is going to be Joe Burrow's welcome into the NFL. And while the Chargers, I, I'm don't think they're going to have a really explosive offense. Like I said, I, I think once uh, week three, week four comes around and they put Justin Herbert in there, I, I think something special might happen there. But right off the bat, I do think it's going to be close. I think Joe Burrow is going to do his best to keep it close. 
but uh, uh, eventually the Chargers defense is, is going to get it done over the Bengals and help the offense uh, pull out the, the victory here. And now let's talk NFC South. Tom Brady and the Bucks go to New Orleans and the, uh, Drew Brees and the Saints. Sean, what are you expecting from Tom Brady in that red and black? I think uh, I think the Bucks are going to have a good year. Um, I think the Saints are still superior in the NFC South. Um, I think that the Bucks, you know, they got a, a good chance to get a wild card, but um, I, I don't see them going too far in the playoffs. But I do think that that Brady will have a good year, um, even though his game really isn't, you know, arid down the field as much anymore. You know, to Mike Evans, I, he'll still find ways to to have success with all the weapons that he has around him. But, uh, yeah, in this first game, I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I think the Saints, other than the Seahawks, might be the, the best team in the NFC. And uh, I think they're, they're going to show that in week one. Yeah, I'm excited for Tom Brady in Tampa. That's great for them. I, I, don't, I still don't think it's going to be enough for Tampa, unfortunately. I think the Saints definitely will be contenders this year. And I think playing at home, it's an, an easy pick for me. I've got the Saints winning this one by a score of 32-17. I, too, am going with the Saints. Uh, Honestly, this year, I think the Bucs are going to be the Browns of last year. Not as bad, but everyone is having these expectations. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, it's Rob Gronkowski who hasn't played in a whole year. And uh, they're getting all these weapons, but I, I just think with everything that's going on in the world and uh, it being the first year, I just don't think uh, things are going to click right away. And it's going to take time. I do expect uh, later down later down the line in the season, we will see a whole new Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. But uh, I expect the, this not not to be that much of a game. I think the Saints are going to come in and dominate. Um, Drew Brees, we know how he comes in red hot firing uh, when he starts off. And I, I expect that this year. I expect that right now. I, I know he does maybe throw his arm out a little bit when it gets to, like, the midseason. But I, I expect him to come out firing all cylinders and uh, really, really welcome Tom Brady into the AFC, uh, NFC South. And uh, I, I think this game will be very one-sided. Next time, next time these two teams meet up, it might be a different story. Now, from the NFC South, let's go to the West. Cardinals go to San Fran to take on the Niners. Sean, what you thinking? I'm going to go with the upset in this one. Um, yeah, I, I like the Cardinals this year. I think that their offense is going to be dynamic. Um, I think that Kyler, Kyler Murray is a dark horse for the MVP this year. Um, he's got three great receivers to throw to, especially with, you know, Hopkins coming in. And uh, this defense, is, they keep getting better. Um, I think Chandler Jones, he's one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league. Isaiah Simmons will be huge for them. And then uh, Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker. So I, I think that they'll come in. Um, I think that they'll, they'll shut down the passing game, at least for the Niners. Uh, Niners are going to be without Debo Samuel. And uh, Emmanuel Sanders is no longer there from last year. So 
I think uh, first couple of weeks, the Niners might struggle, you know, get the passing game going. I think it's going to be very predictable that they're going to run the ball. And I think that the Cardinals uh, will find a way to stop them. Uh, I don't think it will be a, a blowout by any means. Uh, it will be a close game, but I'll go Cardinals winning this one um, by a score of 27, uh, 27 to 20. Okay. That's not bad. Um, I like the Cardinals. I love Kyler Murray. I think that kid's going to be a superstar. Um, but I think the 49ers are going to get off to another tremendous start, like a 9-0, 10-0 kind of a thing. I think they really are just that good of a football team. Um, maybe not 9 or 10-0. I'm about 7-0, Sean. I noticed you kind of groaned when I said that. That's fine. Well, it's at 10-0. It's, it's quite the start right there. They did it last year. The only reason they can't do it again. I mean, uh, you know, you, I think you got a, a better Niners team this year than you did last year, and they're, they're already healthier. Uh, no? Not buying it? Whatever. I, it I, don't, I don't think they're better than last year. I do think they are, and I do think that they're going to win this game. I think it's going to be 24-16, to 16, but it won't be that close. Uh, I have the Niners going all the way to Super Bowl. I think they get it done here. I think this is the game that I'm going to be sitting down watching and like a tear is going to come to my eye because this is going to be the game where football is back, baby. It's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to be a brawl. The, the, the matchup of Isaiah Simmons versus George Kittle, that just gets me excited right now. And, uh, just thinking about that. And, but I, I do think this is going to be one of those games where uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 10 uh, passing attempts. I, I think they're going to run the ball. Uh, I think they're going to eat, eat up the clock. Uh, I, it might not be super high scoring because of that, but this will be a brawl and the 49ers will come out on top. Now, prime time, Sunday night, the Dallas Cowboys go to L.A. to take on the Rams. Sean, who you got? I hate to say it, but uh, I got to go with the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I I don't think the Rams are going to be much of anything this year. I I really think that they're going to struggle this year. I think that they'll come in last in the NFC West. And um, the Cowboys, as much as I hate to say it, their, their offense is scary. I thought C.D. Lamb was the best receiver uh, in this draft, and he fell all the way to 17 to them, which is yeah. uh, still doesn't make sense to me. But throwing out uh, three receivers out there that could all realistically have 1,000-yard seasons, um, I just think that the Cowboys' offense will easily be a top-five offense in the league this year. I think that they're going to prove it away, and I, I could see him winning big. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a three-touchdown win in this one. I, I think that they'll win big on Sunday night. Wow. Man, you know, look, I don't like Jared Goff. Uh, You know, I know Todd Gurley's out of the picture there. Um, Man, you know, now you, I was going to go with the Rams. Oh. And I definitely don't feel like I want to now, now that I'm really thinking on it. No, pick pick the Rams. No, 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 no. Don't you (laughs) you try to pull that game on me. Um (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking about it hardcore here now, and yeah, I, I definitely don't think that the Rams are winning this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scratch that. Sean, thanks for waking me up. That would have been bad. Uh, you should, you should have stayed with it. Yeah, you wish. Uh, I'm gonna take the Cowboys in this one uh, by a score of twenty-eight to seventeen. 
All right. All right. I, I'm going to do it. Uh, going from Texas to L.A. right now in the world, plus no preseason games, just practices, and you're going prime time, that's going to be rough for the Cowboys. Last year, Dak was playing for playing for a contract, and he still only led them to 8-8. Eight and eight. This year, he's got the money. He's all well off. I, I don't expect great things from the Cowboys. I mean, I, I'm a big advocate for O-lines uh, deciding wh- how good a team is. Dallas Cowboys have arguably the, argue, arguably the best O-line in all football. And the fact that they, they could only go 8-8, eight and eight, uh, is, is Zeke gets his touches, that they, they're in games, but still not being able to, to, like, losing the games they did last year, it's just mind-boggling, and I think this is a Rams team that's going to come in. Uh, they have something to prove. They were in – two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl, and then they had a lackluster a Super Bowl hangover pretty much all year last year. They're going to come in. They have something to prove, and I, I, I think it will be a close game, uh, but I do see the, the Rams getting it done uh, over the Cowboys. Now, after the Giants play on Monday, the Titans go to Denver to Mile High Stadium to take on the Broncos. Sean, what you got? I'm going to go with the Broncos. I think this would be a very good game uh, to cap off the week in the NFL. But, uh, you know, that that Denver elevation uh, in week one, I I think it's just going to be tough. Uh, Broncos offense, I think, will be uh, really good this year. They added a lot of weapons and, you know, Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, who won't be there week one, but still um, they'll be, they'll be good on offense. And then they got better on defense as well. And um, I know that the Titans just signed uh, Jadavian Clowney, but uh, I don't don't know how much of, you know, the playbook he's going to know, you know, with less than a week, you know, to play, to learn it, to pick that stuff up. So I think it'll be a lower scoring game um, for the Monday night game. I'll probably go Broncos uh, with the win. Uh, I'll go twenty. I'll go twenty to seventeen. Sean, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Bring it on. What if I told you that um, Von Miller's probably out for the season? Would that change your pick at all? Because he did get hurt at practice, uh, yeah. and there has been some talk today that that injury actually. Yeah could very well be a season ender which would be uh a terrible tragedy he's such a great ball player but uh i'm not sure if you were uh, up to speed on that and and if you'd like to change your pick as a result nope i I took that into account uh i think you know brad bradley chubb coming off injury this year he'll he'll have a great season in his rookie year when he wasn't injured he had you know 10 plus sacks so i believe in him and then they picked up jarell casey and aj boy in the offseason so I think uh, with the Vic Vangio leading the way, this defense will be uh, back to a top ten defense like they usually are in Denver. So uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my pick. Good. I see the uh, Broncos winning this one. I've got them going uh, with a score of twenty four to thirteen over the Titans. Guys, huh? guys, <laughs> do you not remember what the Titans did in the playoffs? Yep, I do. I remember this team. They're solid. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's going to have. He doesn't have to worry about Von Miller. 
Yep. Or Bradley Chubb. That's Derrick Henry's going to have himself a day. They yeah, re-signed no Taylor Lewin. Like, everything is falling into place for the Titans. Uh, yeah, there's the altitude. Yeah, it's the first game back. But uh, I, I think they're ready. I, I think they're going to come, and I think they're going to show that they're going to compete. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they – no, I know the Houston Texans are there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they take control of the AFC South. This team looked good. Uh, yeah. And, and Sean, you mentioned Jadavian Clowney coming in and, and not half nowhere in the playbook. He's Jadavian Clowney. You just tell him to go out there and kill a quarterback. Yeah, and he's going to go with do the it. ball and slam him. That's easy yeah. to remember. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. And uh, I, I think the Titans go in. Yeah, the Broncos, they did some stuff on the offseason. Their offense looks promising, but. They haven't played a football game yet. They're like they're together, and I, I think it's going to show. I, I think the Titans get it done on the road. I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, and I, yeah, I think that it's either the, <laughs> it's either the Titans or the Colts in the AFC South. I don't think the Texans will be a factor this year. All right, all right, all right. Now let us talk about fantasy. Now, if, if you've been living under a rock, we started a fantasy league. I, I did my first uh, State of the League address announcing it. I, I'm the commish, as well as we did the draft. So, guys, I'm going I'm to hit you with this question. What do you guys think of your teams? How, how confident are you on, in your roster? Let, let's start off with you, Sean. Uh, I have the utmost confidence in my team. Uh, I love love the way the draft went, um, and I I think it's a uh, pretty pretty fair to say that uh, I'm I'm going to take the title this year. It's uh, I don't think there's too much competition. All right. Okay. I as, as long as everyone stays healthy, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, I certainly love your enthusiasm. I think that's fantastic. Um, I am very very good at drafting. I got to draft early in the in, in the draft. I I'll put it to you like this: I got everybody I wanted and thought I could get. I've got the best defenses in the league. I got the best tight end in the league. I'm stacked. I got Dak as my quarterback. You think you think Zach Ertz is the best tight end in the league? I do. I do. In my heart. You got Dak. You're saying Zach Ertz. You're a traitor, bro. Yeah. And and Zeke. Come on, Joe. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm going to get to watch these guys play a lot, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. It just worked out that way. It wasn't, it wasn't how I wanted it to go. Believe me. Believe me. I'd love Saquon. I'd love to get. I'm in three leagues. I can't get Saquon. I offered two ones for Saquon. Two ones and a couple mm. of twos. Nobody, Nobody's giving them up. All right, all right. Uh, I got Saquon in one of my leagues. I also but, got Darius Slayton everywhere I could because ooh. I love him. Yeah, th- that's a good pickup. Yeah. But uh, I-, I hate to burst your guys' bubble. The- the- I- I'm the commish, and sadly, I- I'm gonna I'm just gonna dominate this league. This is this is my league to win. Team Big and Sexy is going to be the champions. Now, uh, enough touting uh, our own teams. Sean, who else in the league do you think 
has a formidable team. That's not on this podcast. Yeah, uh, looking through the rosters, I think uh, Teddy Keys with a uh, team Big Blue. Um, I like the way he he constructed his team. Um, his one-two punch uh, running back. He's got uh, McCaffrey and Aaron Jones, so I think that will bring him a lot of success. And uh, also. He's got a lot of good receivers. Uh, he picked up Amari Cooper, D- DK Metcalf, and um, Emmanuel Sanders. So I like his roster a lot. Um, the only big question in his roster is tight end. Uh, he's got Irv Smith Jr. is a starter, and he's, he doesn't have a backup. So, But other than that, I, I like the way his, his team is built. Uh, I think that's going to be the only competition uh, compared to my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin D'Onofrio's got a pretty solid squad uh, Highlighted by Tom Brady Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill Mark Andrews He's got the Bills defense He's got DeAndre Swift sitting on the bench uh, That's one of those teams That I'll, I'll definitely uh, have to keep my eye on Also I apologize uh, Earlier I, I was not referring to Zach Ertz as the best uh, Tight end in football I am sorry in my head I was looking at my other team and I didn't hit the scroll down, and so, no, I was wrong about that. Um, the team I have in this league is all right. <laughs> but, dude, I like your team a lot, uh, Scanlon. I'm just flipping through your, your roster. Uh, you, got, you, got some, you got some depth on the bench here, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Got a Cam Akers sitting there. I like that. James White, he's going to certainly see the ball. John Brown, that's just your bench, dude. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm telling you. uh, I really like uh, Raheem Mossart from the Niners. I think he's going to be, I think he's really going to have a year. That kid's got. That kid's got blazing speed. He reminds mm-hmm. me of like in high school when you see like that dude that runs like a four two forty, and he just you know he gets past the linebackers and it's like bye, and he does it like six times in the game. That's like that's what he looks like to me, and and he's been having more and more of those sorts of NFL moments. So uh, I I would expect to see uh, that guy really make a dent in fantasy. That said, in my deep uh, uh, keeper league, I've got all of the 49ers running backs on my team. <laughs> That's not a bad strategy. You yeah, handcuff I yourself, mean, maybe there's an although, injury or something. I'll tell you what, that screwed me once last year because um, I think uh, when, when I know they traded Matt Bereda, but uh, I started uh, Bereda over Coleman and uh, – they gave Coleman the ball like 17 times. He ran for like 160 yards and a couple scores. And I was like, son of a god, Niners. Yeah. You never know who they're going to mm-hmm. get the ball to. Yeah, yeah. that's rough. Uh, a team I think uh, is going to be good in, in our league is uh, Jared Jones with Cook, Keen, and Du Landry Gurley. The best team name in our league. But uh, – he he stole Michael Thomas from me uh, in the first round, which I'm still mad at him for. But also, he was wheeling and dealing before the draft, trying to get draft picked. So something's going up in that mind of his, and I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And uh, I love Jared, but he overthinks everything. <laughs> yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, it's like a one-off league. He's like building for the future. Like, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, when he was texting me, I was scared. Like, well, what is he seeing that I'm not? He wants all these picks. But uh, let me tell you something. In our keeper league, there's ten of us. Jared being the commish of that league, I'm on the phone 
with the other guys in the league, like I'm a real GM. I mean, we have like 30-minute conversations sometimes. That's how serious these guys take it. And I've never been in a league like that before uh, where you're trading off future draft picks and stuff. Like, it's uh, it's awesome. <laughs> You know who else has a really good team in our league, by the way? Uh, Yevin. He's got Kyler Murray, Saquon, Austin Eckler, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, Tyler Boyd, the Bears, and Harrison Bucker. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. That's a, That's a great team right there. Jesus, uh, uh, Yevin. I'm excited to see what the what this league holds. Like, we're going to have some good matchups. Uh, speaking of matchups, let's talk a little bit about – the first week of uh, the fantasy season. Sean, you're going up against Team Yevin. What do you think of that matchup? You, you think he, Joe just praised Team Yevin. You, you think you can pull it off here? I, yeah, I think I think I'll be able to pull it off. Um, he's got he's got a good starting lineup, but I I think I have more more depth on uh, the back end of the roster. Even though that won't take into account the the bench, I, I think that. I got good matchups this week, and I, I feel confident in uh, hey, my ability. If you tie, the tiebreaker is bench score. So. That is true, yeah. So, uh, But I, I don't think it will come down to that. I think uh, I'll take the W in week one. I, I don't think it will come to the bench points. But Team yeah, he does. he does have a solid squad. I will give him that. But uh, I, I hate to do it to him in week one, but you got to start out for the win. All right, All right Joe, you got Team D'Onofrio. What are you thinking? Uh, as I'm looking at his roster, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a tight one. Um, you know, I'm not – he picked well, I tell you. But that kid, all he does is watch football and read about football. So, you know, there's no reason why why he shouldn't be very good is my thought. All right. Uh, I, I got... I'm saying I'm going to lose. That's what I just said. How about that? Right. What you want to hear? Okay. I'm going to lose. That's okay. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. But, but I think fantasy is all about confidence. And I have complete and total confidence that I will demolish JJ TMT this, this, this first week. Like, uh, he's talking all this crap. He talks about he's going to win the league. That ain't happening. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, TJ, uh, JJ, my bad. Reading your team name, TMT, messed me up. But my team may be team big and sexy, but all my players are savages. And I am not the commissioner of this league just to play fantasy football. I am the commissioner of this league to win this league. And you are just going to be the first victim, JJ. Well, and that's it. The first of five, JJ. <laughs> all right. All right. Jace, I just hope that your shirt um, at the bottom says sucks and on the back says, but the Patriots swallow. Is there any chance of that? <laughs> Uh, Where's no. a Boston? Where's a hey. Bruins shirt to a? Oh, come on! Yeah, it's laundry day for like an this hour. This is my friend. My friend's a big Bruins fan. He tried to get me into the Bruins, so he got me this shirt. He got me a hat. Uh, it That's is decent of you to wear it. If if it was the Red Sox, it would have been fine. But any yeah, other, all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Before we get done, done here. Uh, 
let's stick a little bit with fan, a little bit more fantasy. Sean, who do you think will have a breakout year in fantasy this year? Uh, the person I think will break out this year is actually on your team, Jace. Uh, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, he, he wasn't a great receiver in college. That's, that's not his game. Um, obviously, for fantasy, you want to have the, the running back that can catch out of the backfield. But I don't even think he's going to need that going into a team on the Colts. Um, he ran for 2,000 yards three times at, uh, at Wisconsin, also had 55 touchdowns in three years. So the yard production is going to be there. The touchdown production will be there. And he, he's run behind uh, the best – you know, rush O-line uh, in the league with guys like Quentin Nelson, uh, Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly. They have a great O-line. And I think by the end of the year, uh, he'll phase Marlon Mack out of the backfield. Um, I think Marlon Mack will still get touches, but I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor will get the, the bulk share of the touches by the end of the season. I think that he's going to have a really, uh, really big year in fantasy. My breakout guy this year is actually not a rookie. He's a second-year man. He threw for 37, 22 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, and ran for 544 yards and four scores. Uh, talking about Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray is got the talent and the ability, and I think the guys around him to literally become like a top-five quarterback. And I think he's going to have a – I mean – he was on my bench last year. Russell Wilson is my starter. And I got to tell I mean, I think I talked to you guys a lot about it. Dude, Kyler Murray had some unbelievable games and was learning the position. You know what I mean? So I think he's a prime candidate for a guy, you know, who throws for 4,500 yards, um, maybe 25, 30 touchdowns, and, and has the ability to run for, you know, maybe another 800 yards. And, uh, you know, another five or six touchdowns there. So I, I think Kyler Murray's going to be one of those breakout guys. And as I'm looking at it, as luck would have it, that's uh, Yevon's quarterback, my opponent in week one. There you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know Dang. how that prediction turned out. <laughs> I, I, I think this year is going to be the year of the rookie. Uh, so many uh, rookies this year, uh, highly drafted uh, compared to other years. So I think this year there's going to be a lot of breakout stars. I, I personally in this league have three rookies on uh, on my bench, uh, on my team. I've got Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss uh, in Buffalo, and, and Justin Herbert, who I have for my rookie of the year. But I, I'm not going to go with a rookie as my breakout star this year. I'm going to go with the man, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. He's going to get it done. He, he's I'm sold on this guy. I'm sold even more so than I was last year. I think he's going to be great this year. And he's coming in knowing he's the starter. Last year, he had to compete. Last year, he he knew Eli Manning is a legend in the Giants organization. He's obviously going to be the starter. Last year was his learning. Now, this is his time to show what he's truly made of. And he's going to do it. And he's going to... He's going to show out. Now, before we end the show, I want to say thank you to Clovercrest Media for sponsoring this podcast. If you've got a gift for the gab, if you have a subject you are passionate about, go to Clover, go to clovercrestmedia.com to, to become, to start your own podcast, um, to start your own podcast, uh, my bad. Uh, Clovercrest Media, um, the harder we work, the luckier we get. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And we hope to see you next time.